All right, welcome guys. How, how's everyone doing this morning? You guys all going great so far? Yeah? All right. Um, and so, um, yeah, it's actually, oh, these guys, like Chris and Patrick, I've been spending quite a lot of time chatting with them, uh, and it's just always so inspiring. So if you guys ever get the chance to, um, go have a chat with them, because uh, it, it's really, it's really encouraging to see what they're doing, and really showing that age is, is not a barrier to being able to reach little kids. And so, um, yeah, I really want to encourage you to, to really get into it. Uh, and so... I'm gonna, we're going to um, go into the message now, um, and so today is actually the first Sunday of our cross-generation series, um, and so the cross-generation series, every year we have a generation series, and this year, as you can see, it's called cross-generation, and instead of having each ministry take one Sunday, we've decided to merge two ministries to, cross to be a cross-generation for a Sunday, and so each week, we are going to focus on how one generation relates to another generation. And so this week, as you guys can already see, kids we're going to be talking about how kids' ministry relates to the youth ministry. So how kids in primary school can relate to high school students. Um, and so our, our fungus ministry is our high school ministry here. And additionally, ministries have been given a country of focus because... If you think about it, going cross-generational can sometimes be just as difficult as going cross-cultural, right? Would, would you guys agree with that? Who, who here can speak every language in the world and can go to any country? No. <laughs> even, even for me, going to Vietnam, I went to Vietnam maybe about 10 years ago, and I can speak Vietnamese, but when I got there, it was difficult. And this other time, I went to um, a a prayer revival with Pastor Kit, and they were praying and preaching, and I just had no idea what was going on. And so going cross-cultural was really difficult, but there is a benefit of going cross-cultural, and we see it, specifically even here in Melbourne, that there is so much multiculturalism that we see restaurants and and different arts and entertainment that really just brings together this new, this new flavor. And we can get good Vietnamese food here. We can get good Thai food here. Whatever food you think of, we can probably get it here in Melbourne. And debatably, it might even be better than what you get in the home country itself, because that's how great Melbourne is. Um, and so Melbourne should actually be really high in the most livable. I don't know why it dropped, but it's going to get back up again, hey? Uh, and, so, and so what happens is even though, like, I'm the kid's pastor, if you guys don't know, I'm the kid's pastor, and even though I am the kid's pastor, I work with, and, and I work with a lot of young kids, I notice that their language is constantly changing. And they're starting to use new words and different things, and it happens from kids all the way to youth. And it's almost like they're speaking a different language altogether. Sometimes they might be speaking so fast, or they use different words, or they use words that we normally use, and it goes into different things. And so it's sometimes even working with kids and youth, you're also like breaking a language barrier as well, not just, not just a, an age barrier. And so this week's country is Italy. And if you guys actually saw as you walked in, we had uh, the Italian, the Italian kind of like alcove, what are, they, what are they called? Eves, 
Italian eaves, and we've actually got pizza and gelati after the service, but the gelati is not necessarily made in Italy. It's not Italian gelati. It's a cross-culture gelati, okay? And so if you read at the back, it says made in Asia, all right? So when you get out there, you have some ice cream, you realize the flavors are distinctly Asian, but it's gelati, all right? It's gelati, all right? So enjoy, uh, but... Don't get, don't, don't rush out. Right? We're gonna bring some in, so don't, don't worry too much. It's gonna be really chill. It won't be like food sales on a normal Sunday. It's not like a market, right? So just take it easy. Just take a couple deep breaths, and the ice cream and pizza will come in here. Okay? All right. And so as we get into our message this morning, I, I really want to encourage you. And and Chris and Patrick, Chris Patrick just just described this. Uh, and. I know that today we're going to be talking about how kids relate to youth, but I want to encourage you, even if you're not a youth, maybe you're in uni, maybe you're a young adult, young family, rejoice, or a normal aged adult, right? Whatever, yeah, the adult. Whatever you are, this message applies to you because whatever age you are, you can be a big brother, big sister to someone else, okay? And so... This morning, I want to start off with a little testimony. So normally, uh, and, and so I want to share about when I first became a Christian. And it all started on a cold Friday night in September 2007, when my sister asked me to go to a church event. She's been asking me like hundreds and hundreds of times, like just always ask, Harold, do you want to go to Fungus? Harold, do you want to go to Fungus? Right, and my brothers would go to Fungus. That I was smart. I would stay at home and play computer games. Kids don't, don't do that. <laughs> uh, but I realized that if my brothers leave and I stay, I get more time playing the computer. I don't have to share with my brothers. So that was just me in my mind, right? But this one time she asked me and I said yes and I decided to go. And turns out it was one of the big fungus rallies. And that rally was called the Heroes Charity Night. And so I went along, we actually got on a tram all into Box Hill Town Hall, because that's where they were running it. And I went there, and after hearing the message, I decided to respond to the altar call. And so I put my hand up, walked up to the front, I actually walked around to the back, and then they led me in the sinner's prayer, the prayer that you kind of like say when you accept Jesus and you choose to follow Jesus. And so that night, I became a Christian. Yay! Woo! And so, literally, that's the story of my salvation. It's not, not that exciting, was it? Uh, and that's kind, of, that's kind of it, isn't it? We can't, we, how about we just end the service now? <laughs> we'll finish already. Yeah, end the service now. We'll go have some gelati, some pizza. No, no, but, but ser- in all seriousness. Um, what happens is too often we get into this mindset where once people get into church or once they become Christians or say the sinner's prayer, we stop thinking, uh, we stop thinking that you know, there's more to do and we think, oh, the job's done. Oh, they, they're a Christian now. We just let them cruise and find God and explore for themselves. But the reality is that there is a long way more to go. The Bible says that it's, it's a race and it's a, endure, it's a race of endurance. So it's not just a, you know, like a quick, 
100 meter sprint and that's it. It's, it's a long race, okay? And so normally when I share about becoming a Christian, I usually focus on fungus and the impact that has made, uh, has made to my life or Pastor Quinton who spent time with me and my brothers. Uh, he'd actually go and take us all out for lunch and for dinner and always catch up with us uh, just to make sure we're doing okay. And but what happens, uh, and, and also another thing that he would do is he would actually pick us up early for fungus. I remember he'll pick us up at four o'clock. We get some Pizza Hut because that used to be the most popular pizza brand, but now it's not. It's Domino's. Um, but he would pick us up. We'd eat pizza. We'd hang out. And then he'll take us to the church building, which was in Surrey Hills, YWAM. And then he would actually get us to set up the chairs for the fungus program. But come to think about it, that's not really for me, is it? No, yeah, so it, it was more to help him, eh? <laughs> but um, yeah, but no, it was just all these times that we spent together um, hanging out, and it was just awesome. But instead of going into that topic today and about how fungus has impacted me and how Qu Pastor Quinton has, I actually want to share about my sister. <laughs> this is my sister, guys. This is me. And this is my sister, I used to wear pink. I still wear pink. <laughs> uh, and I wanted to talk about how much of an influence my older sister has been in my life. And I think she's over there. She might cry soon. Unlucky Helen, BL, BL. I think you guys don't know what BL means because you need to be in the right culture to know. Anyways, <laughs> um, and so Helen has been an incredible support in my life ever since we were really young. And and she, she's had to take up this mantle of being the parental figure in our lives while my mom and dad weren't able to. From care, support, all the way to financial support. And most importantly, out of all of that, she was actually a spiritual example for me. I would constantly be in awe of when God um, was doing things in her life and I would, she would always tell us and I would hear about how good God is. Um, one example of that was when she would actually print out on A4 pieces of paper Bible verses, all right, and then she would just stick them all over the walls. Every single wall had Bible verses. Like, who, who needs paint, right, when, when you can just use Bible verses and just stick them up, all right? You don't just cover, oh, there's a hole in the wall, or oh, Andy put a hole in the wall. It's all right, we'll put a Bible verse there. Oh, Luther put a hole in the wall, right? Oh, those, Luther, Andy, they're the guys who like to break things at our church. Um, so if you ever need to demolish anything, they're the guys, okay? Um, <laughs> uh, and so I remember in particular, there was a Bible verse that, that I would memorize, and it's John chapter 6, verse 35. And it was this, Jesus says, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry and he who believes in me will never go thirsty. And the reason why I remember this was because it's on the fridge. <laughs> and I love going to the fridge, as you can see. <laughs> and, so, and so just having all these Bible verses, it really helped me memorize and learn Bible verses, learn God's word. So, so families... Kids, whatever age you are, just put up Bible verses. Just start printing them out. It actually really helps. Uh, and so for me, seeing her set that example really showed me what it looks like to grow close to God. And as a result of that, I wanted to do likewise. 
I, because I saw that success, I saw that journey and the victory that existed. And so that gave me that equal confidence to chase after God, to trust in God uh, and to give him my life. So Helen, I just wanted to take this time to thank you uh, for being such an incredible impact in my life and being an incredible example for me uh, and to exemplify what it is to be a follower of Christ. So thank you, Helen. And so, going back to the theme, this one, kids and youth, when I think of this story of myself and Helen, Helen being my older sister, it, it makes me think that when kids and youth interact with one another, it's kind of like a big brother, big sister relationship. And so, I want to encourage you that today when, we, when, you, when you hear me share, to really take this time to, to really think about who, who these big brothers and big sisters are in your life and also who you're a big brother and big sister to. And so, and so today, this is, this is the title of my, my sermon. And so it is, be present, okay? Be present. And so why don't I open up in a word of prayer before I get into some of the word. Um, so Lord, I just want to thank you so much for this time that we have to really trust in you and to, to really hear from you, Lord God. And Lord, I pray that we will be big brothers and big sisters to the next generation. No matter what age we're at, um, that we can really take that time to, to see others coming through and to spend time and notice and and engage and encourage the next generation, Lord God. And so, Lord, we pray that Holy Spirit, you will speak to us, you'll touch us, and that you will um, challenge us to, to really step out for your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. So what does it mean to be present? For me, what that means is it, it means that you're meeting people. You are listening, you are sharing, you're interacting with one another. Imagine going, going out for dinner, right? And then you're kind of on your phone all the time, <laughs> on your phone all the time, <laughs> right? On the phone, who's still on the, okay. I hope you're taking notes, very good, well done. That, that, that should be the reason, right? But imagine if you are you know, going out for dinner and you're on the phone. I'm, I'm the biggest culprit for that. Uh, my wife would say, would definitely agree. That's my wife over there, Mario. <laughs> um, yeah, and so, yeah, it means really being there, being around. You don't have to be, you know, you don't have to be fully prepared when you're present. You just got to be there. And so there's just going to be many times where being present is all that needs to happen. And so let me ask you to reflect on this first question. Who do you look up to? Take this time right now, just have a think about it. Who's somebody who you really look up to? Who's someone you admire? Someone who does something that you're really impressed with and you go, hey, I want to do the same. Do you guys have someone in mind? And those online as well, I encourage you to take that time. And so as I just shared previously, that was my sister Helen. And so she did all those admirable things, proved, to, proved that it was successful. And so as a result, I wanted to do that for myself. And 
there's actually been a whole lot of people who've been an example to me. Uh, yeah, as I mentioned, Pastor, Pastor Quinton, even Pastor Chris, uh, Chris and Patrick, you guys have been an incredible role model to me, incredible example to me. Uh, I, I remember growing up uh, in Fungus and I would get mentored. John, John Lee and myself, we'd get mentored together by Jerusha's brother, Isaac. So everyone should know Jerusha because she invites everyone to FGA. So you probably all came here because of her. But, <laughs> no, but um, yeah, so Isaac, he would mentor us and spend time with us. And there have been so many big brothers and big sisters that have impacted me and my life. And they've been so supportive in my growth in Christ. And so I actually wanted to take the time now to actually hear from some of our uh, younger uh, leaders. Um, they're, they're now kids' leaders. Uh, but previously, some of them have actually been in our kids' ministry. And so I actually wanted to invite up Brianna first uh, as she shares about her experience with a big sister. Hello. Oh, hello. Should be. Hello. Oh, okay. Hi, everyone. Um, I'm Brianna, uh, mostly known as Chicha Banana from the younger two-year-old. <laughs> um, a little bit about myself. I am in uni studying architecture. I'm in my second year now, and I've been serving in Kitsman since 2018. So that's a little bit over three years. So um, throughout the years, I've seen these kids. Um, grow, and I'm sure all the leaders would agree with me that they've grown bigger, bigger than me, <laughs> um, more matured, more, you know, more, yeah, mm. <laughs> um, and if I'm being honest, I think I've grown just as much as they have, um, maybe a bit more, so, and all these days I've been thinking, um, I've just been really blessed by God, and God has been so good to me. I am the clumsiest person ever. I, <laughs> I lost my driving license four days before I took the test. So that, that, I think that only happens to me. I don't know about you guys. But um, that's how clumsy I am. And I feel like all these opportunities that have been given to me, they're not, I, I personally don't deserve them. And I'm really thankful for, for the people who, um, give me these opportunities, like Harold and Joe and everyone from my home group, basically. Um, it's like the small things, you know, it's not the big things that, that go, that makes me go like, wow, you know, he's good. But it's the small things, like um, just a small message saying, um, hey, well done today, you know, I pray for you. Um, I hope you do well today, that kind of thing. And those things really matter to me when um, I get, when I have a bad day or when I was not good in my standards. Um, it happens a lot. And I spend a lot of time reflecting and seeing how God good has, how good God has been to me, how, how he put those people in my life. And i just like to thank Joe, Harold, um, my home group, Dan, um, just everyone in general who has made a big impact on my life. And I'd just like to say that it's not the big things that matters. It's, sometimes it's always the smaller little things like, hey, thank you for serving today. Thank, well done. You know, thanks for making my kid laugh. You know, um, yeah, it's that things, the little things that make me want to 
keep going. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks, Brianna. I also want to sh invite Shannon. Do you want to come up and share as well? We got we got double testimony today. So come on, give it, make her feel welcome. <laughs> Okay, give me like two seconds. Okay, great, hello. Hi guys, I'm Shannon. Um, yeah, I've been, I've been involved in this church for ages, like a really long time, like since I was eight, long time. And um, yeah, I started being a kid's leader when I was in year seven, so like 2014. Yeah, been quite a while. I feel kind of old now. Anyway, yeah. Um, so I'm gonna talk about some people in my life today, like some people I look up to, and yeah, I'm pretty sure you, everyone knows these people. <laughs> so I moved to Australia when I was eight, and I came to this church because of a close friend who brought me here, and I got settled into Sunday school at Kids Church. Um, I wasn't a Christian at first, and I eventually became a Christian that same year I came here, and um, yeah. Um, throughout my whole life, I've been in a lot of really strange circumstances with people, and a lot of it caused me to not want to talk to people, and I think I would have been in a much worse place if I haven't met some people here today. So, growing up in kids' church, I was really annoying as a kid. I was like this tiny little bouncing ball of annoyance, and I'd just really like get on everyone's nerves. I'd ask way too many questions. I wouldn't sit still. I wouldn't pay attention, and I was really blind to social norms as well. And I somehow was just drifting off in my own like little bubble as like this tiny eight-year-old. So I was a really curious child, and I asked a lot of things. Um, yeah, I started debating with almost anyone I talked to. Um, not because I hated them or anything, but just because I like learning that way, and it was pretty cool. So um, I was also really opinionated as a kid, and a lot of adults would just wonder why I couldn't just sit still. And they were like, dude, why can't you just like stop talking, okay? Um, yeah, and I was just really unlikely to take anything at face value as well, so that, that's really annoying. But anyway, um, I'm really grateful to my kids' leaders at the time who let me be annoying especially like Harold, Clement, and Carissa, who probably dealt with me like the most. And they tried to connect with me despite like all of these challenges and despite the fact that I didn't seem like a very approachable kid because I was literally everywhere. Um, they let me question things and they'd quiz me back and I really enjoyed it and I'm grateful that they had so much patience with me. Um, yeah, well, the relationships I had with my peers growing up into youth even, I kind of, it felt like they were a little bit superficial and I didn't really feel like I could fit into youth very much. After some time, I didn't really go to youth anymore. I started withdrawing a lot from people and by the time I hit year 12, I was attending youth like once a month and it was kind of a bit of a yikes. But I'm glad to my home group leaders for still like in fungus. Um, who still were able to try and talk to me even when I wasn't there and they'd text me and be like, hey, how are you going? And that matters, yeah. Um, well, eventually I, can, I, got, I moved to 1830 and I'm now in a really great home group and I thank Dan Tan, my home group leader, 
And yeah. <laughs> and I thank still like Harold, Carissa, and Clement, and because now we're able to interact as cool people and not me as a kid to my kids' leaders. And I felt like that was really important to me. Um, some people I know and have looked up to have been around really briefly, but I'm still happy to see them around. Um, yeah, well, originally going to 1830 was really daunting because I didn't attend youth for like a long time. And then I went to 1830 and I was like, oh, dang, people. Um, I'm extroverted, surprisingly, but I was like, oh, people are just weird, okay? I like talking to them, but they're weird. Um, yeah. But I'm grateful that I'm able to talk to these people. And I'm going to camp, so yeah. Come to 1830 camp. Um, yeah, well, being a kid's leader has probably been one of the most fulfilling parts of my service here. Throughout my journey, I've come to understand the importance of being involved with someone else's journey, especially starting out from a really young age. Um, I've been impacted the most when I was a kid and so I'm, I think it's really important that we're able to be present in, the, in like the lives of other kids. That was not intentional, by the way, sorry. <laughs> anyway, whatever happens to me started in kids' ministry, and as a lonely kid who literally had no idea what social cues and social norms were, it made me feel really accepted to have kids' leaders who wanted to be a part of my journey, despite me being really annoying, and watch me grow into the person I am today. Um, I hope and I aspire to play a similar role to the people I look up to. It's really important to me that I can be involved with um, these kids at Kids Church, and they remind me of like my younger self, so that's pretty cool. I hope that everyone here finds their people. I feel really lucky to have these people around me. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much, Shannon. <laughs> So, as you guys could see, they, these guys are examples of what it looks like, of what it looks like to, to not only be a big, big brother, big sister to the little ones, because they're kids leaders, but they also have people who have been big brothers and big sisters for them. And we're going to see that impact. And, and so, if we go to um, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1. It says this, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. And so the Apostle Paul uh, actually says this in, in, his, in the book of Corinthians as he writes to the church of Corinth. And he's telling them, copy what I'm doing, which is to copy and live like Jesus. All right, that's just me paraphrasing the HIV, right? The Harold International Version. And so... <laughs> Uh, so, okay, anyways, <laughs> that's, that's how I read the Bible. When I read it, I, don't, I, I see that, but I don't think that, you know? Okay, and so Paul is, Paul, why, I, when I read this passage, I was wondering, why is Paul saying it like this? Why does he say, copy me as I copy Jesus? Why doesn't he say, copy Jesus? Oh, look at Jesus, imitate Christ. You know, why does it, why does he just not just say exactly that. And I think it's because sometimes it's much harder to imagine what Jesus does or who Jesus is because at that time, Jesus was physically not on earth anymore. 
And so Paul was using himself as an example. And he's going like, hey, you guys can see me, right? You guys can see what I'm doing. So why don't you do what I'm doing in imitating Christ? So I'm imitating Christ. So if you follow my example, you will also imitate Christ. You will also be like Jesus. And so Paul is essentially saying, hey, I'm your big brother. I'm your spiritual big brother. And if you just follow me, if you look at what I do, you will do the same thing. And that's exactly the same thing as what Jesus did. Jesus was a spiritual big brother. He was a spiritual big brother to Paul. He was a spiritual big brother to his disciples and anybody who came along and interacted with him. If you read the whole New Testament, if you read you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, you're going to see stories of Jesus taking people in, taking, as Roger mentioned, taking the children in, you know, meeting the sinners, meeting the, the sick people. Jesus was an example for us to be a big brother, to be present in the lives of other people. And so if you've listened to me this, this far and you're still thinking, who is it that I, I'm, I'm, I'm looking up to? Who is it that's being an example to me? And you still can't think of anybody. Let me encourage you to position yourself. Even though hey, like, if you want to be a big brother, you've got to be present. But if you also want to be a little brother or a little sister, you also have to be present, right? You can't just stay at home, play computer games all day. If I did that, I wouldn't be here today, right? You've got to, you've got to really get out there. And so in Proverbs chapter 27, verse 17, it says, iron sharpens iron, and as, oh, it's supposed to be, oh, yeah, and one man sharpens another, my next, my next question I want to pose to you is, who is looking up to you? And today we've got a bit of an Italian theme. You guys are thinking, oh, like, what, why, is, why is it Italian, right? And it's actually because there's been a, a movie that's come out. Uh, and Chris is so excited about this movie. He loves this movie, right? We talk about Jesus at the staff meeting. He's like, yep, cool, 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 all done. And then we talk about this movie. He's like, this movie is awesome! <laughs> No, no, Jesus is number one in his life, okay? <laughs> oh, okay? But this movie is from Disney. It's a Disney movie. That's why Chris is excited. And it's called Luca. And in this movie, we actually see this young man, right, right here, with a really cool hairdo. He's a cool kid, right? This young man, that guy is not Luca. This guy is Luca, the little one. He's Luca. And the older guy, his name is Alberto. Okay, and I, I, I'll try to not spoil the movie for you guys. It's on Disney Plus, so if you guys want to watch it, you can. All right, but it, I just as we as I watched this movie, it was really so fitting uh, to see the amount of influence Alberto had in Luca's life, from teaching him how to walk, teaching him how to breathe, jump off tall things, and even ride a homemade Vespa down an unstable cliff face. All right, I'm not going to tell you anymore. All right, go watch it. It's it's funny. Uh, 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 and so and so, when I when I watched this this, it just it just reminded me being a being a being being, being a big brother. It means that someone is looking at you. It means that you're having younger guys look at you. And to be honest, it may not necessarily even be an age thing. It it could be someone older. It could be a peer. But in this context, it was someone who was younger or someone that was new to something. And so every single person here, you actually have the power 
to be an example. So our kids team, as, as I had Shannon and Brianna come up and share, our kids team have actually been incredible uh, examples for these, these younger kids. We've actually got about 20 high schoolers in our kids team, and then we've got a whole bunch of parents on top of that, uni students, young adults, um, and even grandparents. And so our, our team right now, they are making themselves present. They're, they're, they are there, and sometimes it may seem like they're not doing much or we're not doing much, and we go like, oh, was this week even a useful week? Like, I ran a game, and it was, it was okay, all those sorts of things. And sometimes we feel like we might not be doing very much, but when I hear Shannon and Brianna share, it makes me remember that actually it's the little things that count. It's really the little things that count. And they're not looking for us to organize big mentoring sessions, you know, 10-week Kairos course. Like, those are good. Like, don't, don't get me wrong. But that's, that's not necessarily the role of a big brother and a big sister relationship. It's all about the little things, noticing people, me seeing Samuel on his Rubik's Cube, but me seeing Samuel giving a fist bump when he walks into the service, saying hello, you know, getting to know names. Uh, I, I, I feel like I know every name of every kid in the kids' ministry. Uh, I hope I do. But on, on Wednesday, we had 100 kids come here for our holiday program, and I will admit I do not know half of them, and I do not know the names of half of them and still don't know. But if they keep coming, if they keep coming and I keep seeing them, like, it's got to be something where you, you take that time to know their names. So if you guys see some kids around here, I reckon half of you guys won't know the names of any of the kids in here, right? And so I want to encourage you, take that time to know them because whether, or, whether you know it or not, God, they, they are looking at you. They are using you as an example. And one day when they grow up to be your age or do what you do, they might end up doing the same thing. And so be present. It's ready there. Be present. Be available. Allow God to use you. You may, like, because sometimes you might think that you're not going to make a great impact. But did you guys know that doing nothing is also making a great impact? But maybe that impact isn't a good thing. And so I want to encourage you to really shift your impact, shift what you do so that you are impactful to the lives of the kids in a positive way, okay? And so, my last point, where are you leading them to? So now that we know, hey, we are all examples, we're all influences of those who are younger than us or even those who are older than us, wherever, whatever walk of life, right? Where are we gonna be leading them to? Where are we influencing them, them, influencing them to? Uh, I'm gonna refer to Luca once more because it fits really well and it gets Chris excited, right? Yeah! <laughs> but there's actually a moment early on uh, in, in the movie where Luca is wanting to get out of the water. He's like, I'm ready. I'm going to get out. And he goes up, and then he goes, no. Then he goes up, and then he goes, no. Right? And he's hesitating multiple times. And the bigger brother, Alberto, comes along and just jumps out of the water. And he's like, yeah! Right? And it's so easy. It's like, it's so simple. There's no fear. It's so simple and easy. And so that gives Luca that confidence to go out onto the land. Okay? And so 
Being a big brother and sister provides peace for younger ones who to have the confidence to step out. So you, as a big brother, when you take that first step, hey, who wants to pray? And then everyone, sorry, I don't, I don't, want, I don't want to pray, right? But if you're that big example, if you're that role model, you go, hey, straight away, I'm there. And then you provide that confidence for the next person, right? That happens when we do popcorn prayer. If you ever hear, right? No one prays. It's silent for a solid five minutes. And then everyone wants to get in at the end because they're all ready now, right? And so, um, yeah, it's so important that we as big brothers and big sisters lead the way, be that example, uh, because that helps build confidence for the younger ones. Um, it, this reminds me, hey, kids, where are the kids? Hands up. Yeah. Hey, I, I reckon I get you to shout really loud, all right? On the count of three, you got to shout as loud as you can. One, two, three. Okay, never mind. <laughs> there was about five kids in here. <laughs> all right. So, kids, you guys remember the game that we play where you get blindfolded and then there's like little shaving cream things on the ground? Like the game, it's called Minefield. And there's this massive, we got like, we, we set out garbage bags because we like to keep things clean, right? We put shaving cream all over the floor and then one kid is blindfolded and the other kid needs to use his voice to lead the other kid through the minefield, right? And so that person is the leader and the kid who's blindfolded is the blindfolded one, all right? And they have to not touch the shaving cream. And so imagine if they were playing this game Let's just change the rules a little bit. Imagine if they're playing this game and the leader is also blindfolded, right? Not only would the follower have no idea where they're going, but the leader wouldn't either. And so that takes me to this Bible verse, Matthew chapter 15, verse 14. This is Jesus talking about the Pharisees, okay? So he says, leave them. Them as in the Pharisees, right? Because if you read before that, you guys can take a read later, but you read before that, they're talking about the, what the Pharisees are doing. And so it says, leave them. They are blind guides. And if the blind lead the blind, they will both will fall into a pit. So in some ways, we can sometimes be like the Pharisees, believe it or not. Like we, we sometimes just follow just the, the motions of Christianity, the motions of going to church. Oh, I know which car park I'm taking. I know which seat I'm sitting at so that I'm avoiding the air conditioner. You know, little things like that. We, we get into just doing Christianity and just doing what's right, right? And just going to church. But if we're honestly not seeking our relationship with Christ, we will just be blindly going along with our lives. So right now, I actually want to take the time um, I, I want to encourage you, when you get home, even right now, to take the time to get into your quiet place with God and ask Him to reveal areas of your life that you may need to, to resolve or deal with. Maybe it's a sin issue. Maybe it could be a broken relationship that you haven't resolved. Maybe there's unforgiveness or bitterness or envy. Uh, when you have a relationship with Christ and when you're truly living for God, you have access to victory and, and unlocking God's promises in your life. And so when you have victory in Christ, 
You're going to lead the next generation to also be in victory with Christ. But if you're still stuck in the darkness, if you're still struggling with sin, like we're always going to struggle with things. But if we're not resolving it, if we're not dealing with it, then we're being an example for the younger ones to also not deal with it, to get angry whenever they want, to be bitter, to be envious, right? And so we have, we have this power to encourage them, but we need to get ourselves into the right place with God. And so I want to take, I want to kind of recap these three questions for you guys, uh, just so that you guys can have a think about it, really, really dwell on it today, um, and even this coming week. So the first question is, who do you look up to? Think about that, think about who you're positioning yourself with, because Maybe you're positioning yourself with people who are negative all the time. Maybe that's not helping you, right? Maybe you need to be positioning yourself to someone who can influence you to, to really uh, do the right thing and to, to really follow God. Number two is who is looking up to you? Who, who, where are you going to position yourself? Are you just going to just, you know, be in your own space, get to church, leave, you know? get out, go, get out, go, and then never see anybody. Are you going to be an influence? Because whether you are intentional about it or not, you are going to be an influence, okay? And then the last one is, where are you leading them to? And so that's where, you know, we got to get into that space. And maybe maybe I'll take a, a slight pause in, in, in uh, the application before we do that, why don't, I, why don't I just take this time to pray for you guys? If, if that's you, if you go, hey, and maybe I'll get the keys, keys to come up. Uh, but if that's you, if you feel that you are struggling, there's this place of darkness that you're, you're continually dealing with and you're, you're not sure what to do about it and you, you feel stuck and you've, you've made the mistake, you go back to God, you pray about it and you make the mistake again and you're constantly struggling, I want to pray for you. I want, to, I want to take this time and I, I'm going to give you guys an opportunity to respond and to go, hey, I want, I want this. You know, I, I want to be set free and I'm going to make, take the stand right now. So if that's you, why don't you just pop your hand up? Why don't you just stick it up? And I'm, I'm going to keep you in prayer. I want to pray for you right now. Awesome. And kids, that's you too. If you guys need prayer for anything, hands up too. Cool. Let me just pray. Lord, we just want to thank you for each and every person here, Lord God, that sometimes we have things that we're dealing with that we aren't letting go to you, Lord God. And so, Lord, right now, for those who are responding, who, who really want you to do something to, to help them and to, to set them free from that and to live in your victory, Lord, I pray that you will do what you need to do, Lord God, and that you will encourage them. You'll put the right people in place into their lives so that they can really be in the right space with you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And so I want to go into this last part. We're just going to, I'm just going to give you guys a couple of applications, some, some real life examples on what are some ways you can position yourself to be present in the lives of others. So the first one, this is, I feel like this is more pointing towards, actually, no, it's everybody. We, we have kids coming through to the service, about 10 to 15 kids every year. They're in year six, they graduate, 
and they come to the service. Year seven kids. They come to the service and sometimes, not sometimes, all the time, they disengage because they don't know anybody there. It's a strange place. I want to encourage you to take the time to notice children in the service, right? On a normal Sunday, notice those who are younger. We've got, we've got Nicholas over there. You're in year eight this year, is that right? Yeah. How many adults have said hi to you this year? One? Zero? Maybe one? Maybe one? Yeah, maybe one. Uh, who else have we got? We've got uh, Isaiah. You're year seven this year. Yeah, how many adults have said hi to you? None? Zero. Cool. Caleb. Nice. I can, I can spot them so quick. Caleb, how many, how many adults have said hi to you this year? Pardon? Quite a bit? Oh, that's good. <laughs> that's good. So some, some, yeah, that's great. But I feel that sometimes we just get into the motion of just coming to church, seeing the same people, talking to the same people, sitting with the same group. I want to encourage you to take that time to notice someone new. Give them a high five. Give them a fist bump, all right? Get to know them. Get to know their names, all right? Get to know what school Caleb's at, Nari Warren, Waverly Christian College, <laughs> all right? Um, and, and maybe for a young adult, maybe we have, you know, 16-year-olds, 17-year-olds, who are, who are attending the service, and they're on their way to 1830. They're on their way to, to adulthood. Maybe you can take the time to invite them. Maybe invite them to, to, to a uni group or invite them to an 1830 group. It's never too early. It's never too, it's, they're never too young to, to get into the Word of God and to interact. I remember Helen, she would take me to the uni group uh, in Melbourne Uni, and I'd be like, this 16-year-old boy and I'm talking to uni students and I'm like, no idea what's going on. But, you know, it's, it's helpful just to connect with people who are older. Um, yeah, and, and maybe a young family. You're a young family and you're already at home cooking food for the kids and whatnot. Maybe it's worth it to invite a young adult or a uni student to come over for dinner sometime. Right, like it all, it all starts here first. Like obviously, you know, saying hi, doing the little things first, getting to know people. But maybe it can transition towards welcoming someone different into your home, not just another young family. You know, like just connecting with someone else. Because at the end of the day, these young adults are going to be examples for your kids as well. So you're really opening up multiple doors for cross-generational uh, relationships. And Last one, rejoice. I'm having a kid soon. <laughs> uh, can I say if it's a... No, I won't say. Oh, yeah, I'm having a boy. <laughs> yeah. The whole internet knows now. The whole world knows. All right. And, and we're, we're expecting, uh, what, in October? Um, but, like, something that I know is useful is, like, a meal. Right? And so, you know, while I'm busy carrying the baby, all that stuff, maybe I can't cook or whatever, right? I, I love cooking. Uh, but maybe, you know, if you're in the position to find a young couple who 
is expecting or has a baby already or is going to have a baby, maybe you can send them a meal, say hello, you know, send them a text, hey, we're coming over, we're going to drop off some food, right? That's, that's another way that we can really be a big brother, big sister, because when you do that, that will ripple on. That'll be an example for that young couple to do likewise for a new, another new couple. It, everything you do ripples forward. And so obviously there are many, many formal ways that other formal ways that you can get involved too. You can join the kids' ministry. The kids' ministry is always looking for volunteers. We're getting, you know, hundreds of kids coming through every Sunday, a hundred kids every Sunday now. Uh, and so it's incredible and we always need volunteers. But also there is a youth ministry that needs volunteers. There's a youth ministry that currently have a lot of uni students who are providing their wisdom and knowledge into the lives of these high schoolers. But they're in need also of older examples, of examples of young families, married couples, to talk about life with them, right? And so are we just going to sit here and go, hey, we're happy to let, you know, not saying there's anything wrong with uni students. Uni students are awesome. But are we happy to just let the uni students handle the, the kids in fungus, right? Do we have wisdom that we want, that we need to impart to the lives of these high schoolers or even these uni students, right? Are we going to get involved? Are we going to step out, right? And so I encourage you, have a conversation with myself or Pastor Jordan uh, and we'll work it out. Like parents and kids ministry don't serve in the same way that a youth serves in the kids ministry. It's all going to be different. And so I want to close with this. This is a famous quote uh, f- from this man named Master Uguay. <laughs> and it says this, yesterday is history. So I know some of you guys haven't started being a good example. Or maybe some of you have. But whatever situation you're in, yesterday is the past. We, we may have fallen short in our ability to be an example for others, but you know what? We can start now, okay? So yesterday's history. Tomorrow is a mystery. And so tomorrow, we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know, like when I, when I was leading Shannon as a 16-year-old in kids' ministry, I, I didn't think about what was going to happen. I didn't think, oh, yeah, Shannon's going to be this awesome kids leader in the future. It's going to be great. We don't know what happens in the future. We don't know the impact that we make on the lives of others. We don't know what small things, small things we can do, a text message, a, a, a meal, uh, a fist bump, a high five. We don't know the impact. But God wants us to trust Him and to use what little we have and, and use it to encourage the next generation. And last one is, today is a gift. And so you can be a gift today for someone else. And that's why it's called the present. So be present. Let me just pray and close. Lord God, we just want to thank you so much for this time that we have to just, to just lean into what you have for us, Lord God, and be that big brother, big sister for someone else in this church, Lord God, because there are people here who are alone, who who do need support and do need help, Lord God. And so, Lord, I pray that as we who are in a good place or in somewhat of a good place, I pray that we can step out 
and be examples for the next generation, Lord God. And so regardless of age, I pray that we'll be able to step out and to to really uh, follow what you're calling us to do, Lord God. And so, Lord, I pray that even in this week, Lord God, as they you know, wash the dishes or, or go on with their jobs and work. Lord God, I pray that you will even drop in specific names of people that they may need to surround themselves with or specific names of people that they need to uh, spend more time with or acknowledge or be present with, Lord God. And so we pray that you will really be in the center of it all, Lord God, and that you will lead us to really... Um, leading this next generation to really know you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you, Pastor Harold, for kicking off our cross.